Uh, asking some of our young men to read scripture. Uh, we've not done that a lot, but one of the things that we have done with our last leaders program is there is a particular section called uh, oral Bible reading, teaching them to, to read in public and to read scripture and this kind of thing. So uh, as that's one of the assignments I have as an adult to help oversee that part, I thought this would be a, a good time to maybe implement some of that. And, and uh, the edge boys don't know they've been going to get called on yet. I hadn't even told them. I told their mother. Um, but we'll get them and a few others that have signed up to do that uh, and to help us in that. So if you see one of the young men get up from now on, Clayton was really worried. Everybody would, was wondering what he was doing if he got up here without an introduction. Though so maybe he had hijacked the sermon. But uh, uh, I asked him if he would today, and uh, he said, yeah, maybe you give a little disclaimer. So if you have your Bibles, I'll go ahead and tell you we're going to be looking at Malachi, and you can be turning to the book of Malachi, and we'll have our scripture reading before we begin. Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I'll be reading from the King James Version. <clears throat> the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage to waste with the dragons of the wilderness. That is certainly a, a skill that takes some practice, uh, some things to do, and this is a chance there as we work with our last leaders program, the oral Bible reading project uh, and, and activity they can participate in. They're supposed to do that every so often and to, uh, of course, receive uh, uh, constructive criticism, you know, encouragement maybe on things to improve and, and how to, uh, to get better at that and to read and, and speak in public. So we're thankful for that chance and, and look forward to maybe doing that some more in the future. And we'll try not to give them all the passages with all the long names in it or the words that get hard to pronounce. Uh, Clayton did look at me and say, are you sure this has to do with the lesson, Malachi chapter 1? But if you have your outline in front of you, you'll see that we're going to come there because uh, there is going to be a question about that as we begin. I do want to begin by sharing with you a resource, uh, and it's really where this part of this lesson is going to come from. Uh, some of you are familiar with the Light Network, and if you see, if you can make out underneath the main uh, headline there, the website is actually thelightnetwork.tv. Uh, and as you know, with websites sometimes, I hate to, I didn't check, but who knows what you might get if you go to thelightnetwork.com. I don't know if it's a light bulb company or what, uh, but thelightnetwork.tv. And if you're interested in podcasts, Charles shares a lot of these with me because he loves to listen to podcasts as he is uh, walking on the treadmill or driving or things like that. And, and this is one that we kind of share back and forth sometimes. Um, but the Light Network is a collection of podcasts. There's uh, one section that is about uh, money. They put out some, sometimes they put out once a week, sometimes they put out once a month, but there's one that's on money and finances. Uh, there's one for wives on, on Wednesday. Um, there's one for preachers. Uh, and then there's a lot of different uh, podcasts that you can be encouraged by. And then there's just some general ones. And so the one that we're going to talk about today, or at least I saw it, it just was released this past week, uh, but it's kind of a, what would Jesus say? Or what would Jesus do? And it's based on some different verses and they take a lot of questions sometimes um, on how these things are done. And Robert Hatfield, who is the sort of the one who, who owns this and has put this together, he's not on every single podcast, um, but he does some of them, hosts them. And this is one that he does with our brother Dan Winkler. And many of you are familiar with the Winkler family and, and their work in the church. Um, but about what would Jesus say? And they released this one this week, and it was titled, Does God Love Everyone? Now, as we have talked about with some of our Wednesday night, or Sunday night, excuse me, now Sunday afternoon lessons, these are the kind of questions that are just, you know, very broad. They seem very easy. Uh, the answer, of course, could be, yes, God loves everyone, and we could, you know, be done with the sermon. 
But certainly as we think about the context of Scripture, there's a lot more to it. And, and so sometimes these are about 30 minutes. Sometimes they're up to 45 or an hour, depending on uh, which podcast it is in particular. But I, I love to share um, the, the different resources that I find and that I use. And so I wanted to, to make mention that this is where, where this particular uh, lesson came from or these thoughts. I appreciate Don leading that song, of course, God is Love. When we ask the question, does God love everyone? Well, a lot of people are going to answer that, certainly just yes, in the affirmative. God does love everyone. And if you have your outline in front of you, the first point is, yes, God does love everyone. Well, let's talk about a few passages. Of course, John chapter 3 and verse 16. John three sixteen is the first one. I have these on the next slide, but I'll make sure everyone gets the, the notes there if you're filling in the blank. But yes, God does love everyone. John three sixteen. you could probably quote it. Most in the world can, even if they don't understand the direct application. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we think about this fact that God so loved the world, most people, even those maybe who don't understand the way this passage is, is intended to be used or they just kind of know it because it's, it's famous among many people, most everyone understands we're not talking about the, the physical world. We're not talking about the earth. I would say in a sense, I think God loves the earth and that he created it, but he knows that it's different than mankind, but God so loved the world. We're not talking about the physical earth, but we're talking about mankind made in his own image. I don't think we can emphasize that enough sometimes. I've made mention that this was discussed a lot in some of the counseling classes that I took online recently, but so much of the problem, many of the problems in the world today are when certain groups of people, whether it be racial, black or white, or, or even you know, based on country of origin or something like that, when, when people have problems, it's because you know, they, they misunderstand this idea or don't maybe fully apply this idea that we are all made in the image of God. We are made in his image, and so we should treat one another that way. And so then that goes through those racial lines or those country lines or, or whatever it might be. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What about Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45? In the Sermon on the Mount there, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your enemies. Or excuse me, yes, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So we would make application from this particular passage and say that God does love everyone because he bestows at least a measure, some measure of blessings upon everyone. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust. We see people who receive they call them blessings, and I guess they technically are from God in the way that they live. And several of us men were standing around talking about this maybe Wednesday night or last Sunday in the, in the lobby for a few minutes. We were, we were referencing some of these athletes or, or you know, Hollywood-type stars who will get up at an award show. And the first thing, of course, they'll do is they'll say, you know, I thank God or I thank my Lord and Savior Jesus or something like that. And while we're kind of thankful that they're thinking that way, most of the time, we recognize that they are certainly not living that way. But it is true that they have received a measure of blessing, that God has blessed them, even like an athlete with some measure of talent 
or ability, which then he can make money, he or she can make money off of. And so God has given them some blessings, whether they are faithful to that exactly or faithful to him exactly or not. So, yes, we might say God loves everyone. He makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. We would notice as well then 1 John chapter 4, because this is where many of our songs come from. Even as, as Don let us in just a few moments ago, 1 John 4, 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, this is very deep, I would say, because we say that God allows everyone to receive his blessings. And we say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We, we kind of get that. There's a measure of giving there. But then to talk about the fact that God is love, his very essence is love, it can get a little deep and it could probably take us a while if we really wanted to to understand that but he is love first john chapter 4 there in verse number 16 first john 4 16 and we have known and believed the love that god has for us god is love and he who abides in love abides in god and god in him so we understand that that god is love and when we want to know true love even more than just the the romantic movies and those kinds of things, then we need to understand who God is and what God is and, and how he acts. And so we would think about those verses and know that, yes, God loves everyone. But we would also then have to go a step further. If we're wanting to be true to Scripture and to the depiction that we get of God in Scripture, we have to also notice that all of those things are true. He loved the world. He gave his son. He blesses us all. He is love. Those are true. But it also maybe takes some distinction on our part to, to understand a couple, a couple of things. And so then we begin to get into this idea that while God is love and he blesses us all, everyone is called as much as is humanly possible to know God's love. I mean, to the fullest extent that we can as humans. It should be uh, what we should strive for, to understand exactly what God's love is. And I think we get some ideas. I mean, even as parents, we try to talk about those of you who have children. Uh, we try to understand what it might be like to give your child, you know, to offer up, sacrifice your child. But I still think we struggle to fully understand the depths of God's love. God's love. But we are called. We are called to know as much as we can the love of God. And so then when we think about that, we would notice as well that some reject God's love. You see, we can know it, but we can also reject it. Some people, because we said a few moments ago, God allows his blessings in a sense to, it allows it the sun to rise, the rain to, to fall, and the just and the unjust. Some people know God's love, but they reject it. They just know his physical blessings. That's as far as it goes. And so that's what causes them to stand up before an audience and to thank God for those things. Because they are thankful, even if they're not showing it by living faithfully. His sacrifice is truly available for everyone. But yet some people reject it and only stay in the physical blessings. We might notice, secondly, though, that then some people obey. Because while God's love is for everyone... God's love is for everyone. The benefits will only be given to those who obey. And those who obey are able to enjoy all spiritual blessings. 
If you have your Bibles, you may recall Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Ephesians 1 and verse number 3. Paul would say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all or every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So yes, God loves everyone. Yes, the sacrifice of Jesus is available for everyone in a sense, but the benefits of that sacrifice will only be given to those who obey. I think about Hebrews chapter 5 as well. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9, speaking of Jesus, the Hebrew writer says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation. Notice what it says, to all who obey him. To all who obey him. That's a lesson that we begin to teach to our young people, to our children at a very young age. You receive certain blessings, certain protections, certain things when you are obedient. When you are no longer obedient, and of course not to a young child, but even as kids get to the age of teenagers and even maybe just outside of that or on their own and into college and things, you know, at some point we even make statements like, well, as long as you live under my roof and as long as you live in my house, there's a certain measure of blessings and protection, but you're going to obey what I tell you to do as the parent. Well, then you get to receive those things. Same thing is true about God. In a sense, some people reject and they just enjoy the physical things. But those who obey are able to enjoy all spiritual blessings. That is a special measure of God's love. It goes beyond just receiving the rain and the sun. It goes beyond having the things that we need to, to care for ourselves, the physical blessings we enjoy. But it's a special measure of love to those who are in Christ. And once again, this is very applicable to many of the, the situations in our own earthly lives. You know, we talk about the blessing sometimes of being an American, per se, just to, for example. You know, some of those things you're only going to enjoy when you're inside the borders of the country as opposed to somewhere else. You go somewhere else and try to claim the same liberties, you're not going to get them, you know, because you're not in the United States of America. And lots of other things. It's only because you are in a particular place that you can enjoy those benefits. And it's absolutely true when it comes to God and Christ that we be in Christ to enjoy all spiritual blessings and that we are obedient. Now, Clayton was uh, joking with me about the scripture reading, but when some people talk about is does God love everyone, the passage that they mention is Malachi chapter 1. And I'll turn over there myself if you can find it uh, there at the end of the Old Testament. It's one of those that gets lost sometimes, one of the short books. But let's go back to Malachi chapter 1 and verses 2 and 3 to think about what it says here. Because there is a mention of God's love. And so what happened on this particular podcast on the Light Network that I was listening to and kind of getting some of these ideas, they talked about some of these remarks. God loves everyone. But what about Malachi 1? Because that's the question people have. I have loved you, says the Lord, verse 2. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord? And here's the key. Yet Jacob I have loved at the beginning of verse 3, but Esau... I have hated and laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. And some people say then, well, what does that mean? 
You know, God says here that he hates someone. He hated someone. So does God really love everyone then? And this is one of those passages where if you open up and just read it, I think the Bible is very easy to understand. Most of us would agree. You can open it up. You can understand what we're told to do and how we are obedient to God. But some people, this is one they'll take and they'll say, well, that doesn't make sense. How do we rectify this? Well, I preached a lesson here probably in 2018. Maybe it was one of the ones that I've done several other places when I've preached at other locations. Um, but the idea of God loving and hating and what we mean sometimes when we say that we hate something. And sometimes that's the idea of preference. And so probably the first time I preached that lesson was the first time that everybody loved or understood that I have a problem with chocolate. Because I, I talked about that if there's an apple pie or there's a double iced chocolate cake, I'm going to hate that apple pie because I'm really going to love that chocolate cake because chocolate's kind of the thing that I love. And so I could say I hate that. Well, do I hate apple pie? No, I don't hate apple pie, but I have a preference. So sometimes when we talk about hate, God has a preference for things. But let's go a step further here in this particular sec section. When we use that term hate, or especially here in this passage, when God says he hated Esau, hate can also sometimes indicate a choice in a relationship. And that's kind of what that funny story is. It's a choice between the apple pie or the chocolate cake. And for me, I can make my choice and, and you can make yours, but it's about a choice. And here God is saying that he made a choice within a relationship. And that was between Jacob and Esau. And what it is, is it has to do with the promise of Jesus and the bloodline, right? Let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 25 and look at a couple of passages. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 23. We're talking about the families of Ishmael and Isaac here. And the Lord said to her, and going even back up to verse 21, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And so this is a promise, in a sense, a relationship that God begins to speak about here at this time. And he's going to then uphold that. There in Genesis 25, it's mentioned. Also in Genesis chapter 24, I believe it's mentioned. Uh, Genesis chapter 35 is another place that it's mentioned. As we think about Jacob and Esau and Isaac. And this idea of the two of them. And what we just read a moment ago from chapter 25 is that God made a choice in the relationship. And that choice is that the lineage of Christ, that the promise of Jesus was going to come through the bloodline of Jacob. And so what he says here is when he says, I have loved Jacob, he says, I have chosen in this relationship, Jacob. <coughs> Excuse me. And when it comes to I have hated Esau, he is saying, I have rejected Esau. And if you're still there in Malachi, or maybe if you turn back, it's interesting that Malachi sort of writes uh, anticipating their arguments. God speaks as if anticipating uh, what they're going to say. It says that they say, well, what way have you loved us? The children of Israel, the chosen people of God, have a problem with God, an argument with God, and they say, well, wait a minute, God, how have you chosen us? What have you done to show us that you love us? And God says, Jacob, I have loved. 
Jacob I have chosen. I've proved my love by choosing you and not Esau. And that is who the Messiah is going to come through. And so people get confused when they read Malachi 1.3 and it says God hated someone. But we don't have to when we think about this idea of a choosing within a relationship. And really you kind of have to go back to your Old Testament history to understand that God is saying all the way back to Genesis 25 there, I chose the nation of Jacob, the family of Jacob. And that is who the bloodline of Jesus is going to come through. And I've shown you that love by making that choice and showing that to you. Now, well, what does that have to do with us? I mean, it's important to understand that God does love everyone. But let's take it a step further with this idea about who, whom, whom God loves. How does he show that? Well, we would notice as well that there are special blessings for those who are in a covenant relationship with God. This goes back to what we said a minute ago from Ephesians chapter 1, that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. Now, touching on our Old Testament knowledge again for just a few minutes, we know that the children of Israel, the Jews, were the chosen people of God. So then they had this covenant relationship with him, and part of the way that the, he showed that, the special blessings that were in that covenant relationship was the care that he showed for them and that they were part of the Messiah line, that their family was, was the way that the Messiah was going to come into the world. But as we know, as most people in the world know, the way that you joined that covenant relationship was by being born into it. I mean, that was your choice at that time. You were born in a Jewish heritage, and then you had that covenant relationship. There were blessings, special blessings for those people, but that was it. But then, let's think about the New Testament. In the New Testament, there are people who can have a covenant relationship with God, but it's not just about who you're born to, what family you're born into, but there is a better, a better set of spiritual blessings. We've already mentioned, excuse me, one time the book of Hebrews, but if you've ever studied the book of Hebrews, it is about the better covenant, the New Testament, the new covenant being better. It's not just about what family you're born into, but it is about being able to partake of these spiritual blessings. We are adopted. I mean, people who have been through that, whether you've adopted someone or maybe you were adopted by a family, they really understand this feeling of adoption. And there's so many passages throughout Hebrews and other places that talk about us being adopted as children of God, that we can enjoy the love of God as part of this covenant relationship and as we said earlier for God so loved the world you don't have to just be born into it but you can anyone can know the special spiritual blessings that come from following after Christ so what we might say is that God loves everyone because we kind of love everyone in a sense right I mean I think about these these young people here you know I love all of them but I really love my children, right? Because they're mine. And so we might say in a similar sense with God, yes, God loves everyone, but he also really loves his children in a special way. So I think I love all these kids. We've got to know them. They're great, and that's fine. But I really love mine because they belong to me. And in a similar sense, God loves everyone, but he has a special measure of blessing, or he loves his own children in a special way kind of way. If you have your Bible, turn over to 1 John chapter 3. 
1 John chapter 3. Because we would notice this, we make that application to our lives, that yes, we love everybody here, but we really love our family. And yes, God does love everyone, but he also has a special measure of love for his children. It's a little different. And so what people say sometimes then is, does God play favorites? Right? I might play favorites for my own children. You know, I, I love them, they're mine, and so I might play favorites. Does God play favorites? Well, no, because anyone can enjoy these benefits. Once again, we're kind of trying to isolate those who would take a, a swipe, so to speak, at God, who would try to bring God down to some kind of level and say that, well, he's not love, or he's a mean God, or he, he doesn't love everyone, because he might also talk about punishing those who do not obey. And somebody will say, well, he plays favorites. You know, his children, they, they get all the spiritual blessings. He's not playing favorites because anyone can be a child of God if they would only obey. Think about passages like 1 John chapter 3 here. Most of the whole chapter, we don't have time to go through it all, is the idea that we are either children of God or we are children of the devil. 1 John 3 beginning in verse 4 going about through verse 9. We are either children of God following after him or we are children of the devil. Even as we said in our lesson this morning, you're either a part of the building crew or you're a part of the wrecking crew. You're faithful to God or you're not faithful. And while sometimes in this life we have a bit of a, a blessing to be able to live day to day and kind of make our choice, and some days we do really well, hopefully most days we do really well, and some days we, we fall short, we miss the mark, we sin, you know, we can enjoy the benefits. We just have to be faithful to him. But are we children of God or are we children of the devil? God loves everyone. He really does. And we want the world to know that. I think part of the reason this question comes up is, number one, Malachi chapter 1, that discussion where the Bible says God hated someone. And now we understand it really has more to do with a choice and a covenant relationship. But I think number two the other problem that we, we didn't, I didn't really get into, I didn't put it in your notes, is the idea that most people would say that God loving everyone, love, is equal to acceptance. Right? That's a whole other lesson that I wanted to put together for, for some time and always kind of been thinking about. But our world wants to teach and proclaim that love is acceptance. If your child does something that's wrong... Well, it's okay. You need to love them. And if you love them, that means you're accepting of that behavior. And we begin to see a problem there. Because anyone who does something against God and the Word of God has a problem because they're no longer obedient. They're no longer enjoying all spiritual blessings. We're thankful for an opportunity to walk in the light as He is in the light. We know that we're not going to be perfect every single day, that God's love is extended toward us, that we have this opportunity to be obedient and to walk in the light. And that's the encouragement for us and for the world. But it doesn't mean we're allowed to do whatever we want and we can still have that kind of relation, relationship and enjoy those benefits. We mentioned this as well recently on a Wednesday night in one of our Bible classes. The idea that some family members, they only come around when they want something. Right? They only want those, those benefits when, that, when they need it. But they won't come to anything else. They don't come to any family get-togethers. They don't, they don't talk to anybody in their family. But every time they need something... They come calling, hey, I need some help. I need a handout. Well, that's not the way that God works either in the way most of us would treat that family member or want to because we'd say, no, I'll be willing to help, but you have to be a part of this relationship as well. God loves everyone to an extent. 
He desires that all men everywhere repent. But we need to be obedient. You can enjoy those spiritual blessings. And as we're about to conclude this lesson and sing this song of invitation, that is the encouragement to you. Are you enjoying all spiritual blessings which are found in Christ? We've already enjoyed some today with our singing, with our study, with our time of fellowship. But there's so much more because all of this doesn't compare with, of course, the forgiveness that is found in Christ. As you're here this afternoon, maybe you need to become a Christian. We would love to sing to encourage you. We will be singing to encourage you that you would put on Christ in baptism, allowing his blood, which has the power to wash away your sins, and you can be added to the church, joining in that covenant relationship, beginning to receive all spiritual blessings. Maybe you've done that, but you've struggled to remain faithful. You see, the question of does God love everyone, that sometimes comes up when we're struggling. When we have sin in our lives and we're not being the person we should be, then things don't go right and we question God. We say, why, God? Why are bad things happening to me? Does God really love me? Does he really love everyone? Well, yes, he does. And he extends a measure of blessing, a special measure of love and blessing to those who are obedient, who are obedient to him. Do you need to become obedient by becoming a child of God or return again unto him? We'd love to be encouraging you as we stand together and as we sing.